Welcome in to Minions and Musings. Hey, Evil Jeff, back behind the mic once again. Welcome in Minions and Musings, and that is what we have for you today, Amusing. Been catching up on podcasts and going through the last six, seven podcasts over at the Red Caps podcast with Kevin and got through the section where he and Joe Richter of Hindsightless been going back and forth and then finally got together to talk about backgrounds, you know, where they were. Don't want a background. Let's explore and find out what our background is versus, hey, give me this detailed background. I can use all sorts of bits of it. And I I kept listening to both of the podcasters go back and forth with each other, decide things. And I think they, they understand each other's position, but I don't think any position was really changed. Maybe a slight softening of the stance, but nothing really overall was changed. And the musing that I have is really more or less going, hey, it's different DM styles. That's what I think it breaks down to. Because you could think of it as, well, you're in two camps. Either you have a backstory and all this stuff in it, or you don't have a backstory. Let it grow organically. However, there is the third one, whereas you have a very limited backstory. Now, how limited that would be? Well, that depends upon the DM. Once again, different DM styles. Some DMs want to go through and learn as they go along, generate things, and okay, cool. You know, and that means that we're going to have random roles here and there and certain things that'll come up, uh, certain roles with, you know, positive aspects to it probably will be where background comes into play to me that's as it was said in the show kind of quantum ogre in a way it's not really only quantum ogre would be oh no i am that person you know and yes you're the illegitimate son of whichever duke and so forth you know yeah i'm not up for that I'm also not up for somebody writing their backstory where they are the illegitimate son of a duke. Because that's not what I want out of my game. I'm in the camp of, give me some information. Give me some information. doesn't need to be a lot. And I know I heard Joe talking about it, and I agree with him on this. Joe was talking about, you know, your background shows you, you know, roughly where your motivations are. Now, that can change at any given point. But, you know, you help understand what your motivations are. When I ask people to create backgrounds, I ask it to be very limited. I used to be asking for a lot, and actually very recently in Che Webster's uh, game that we were playing where we have no clue as to what the rules are, and we're just playing and playing a character... I had gotten a little too eager and made up a lot of extra stuff about my character and then didn't realize that there was a portion thereof that we were going to have later on where due to some random roles, we generated a background, which is really cool. 
But then it was like, wait a minute, that doesn't fit into the narrative I had already made in my head. And that's where the problem lies. But by doing the random rolls, and in fact, it was very interesting, we kept two or three spots that were uh, things that did happen, uh, things that I generated, and the rolls actually worked out where it just needed some minor tweaking, add that in. But I had gone too far. I didn't follow my own advice. When I tell my minions and if I was going to have any players play, I would ask for a background of, say, 150, char- 150 words. Not characters. 150 words. Maybe up to 200, but really 150 words. That means, on average, you will have a five to nine sentences, yeah, five to nine sentences that is your character. That's your background. But what I ask for as well, besides just background, is what is your personality and what are your motivations? Because I think that's really what I want out of it. And I think to some degree that's what I was hearing with Joe uh, talking about, you know, what is the motivation, even though the motivation can change. Kevin was sort of, you know, getting in that aspect as well, but I don't think they, either of them, in the end, they saw where the other ones were coming from, but again, no softening of their stance. But, you know, that's what I I would do. I listened to that, and it further cemented my position of give me a very lightly sketched out background because in 150 words you're not getting a lot you're not getting a lot but give me two to three sentences of motivation two to three sentences of personality now i know how you play the character now i know what your goals are and things that you're wanting to do because that's really where it's at for role-playing games because honestly, if you're going to play somebody doubt, you know, just always mopey and things like that, then you better play them that way. And when you don't play them that way, I'm going to be, you know, upset about it. I'm also taking your personality that you present because that will affect how you interact with NPCs. That's what I want. That's what I want out of it. So yeah, there it goes. Yeah, you know, it's just something that came to mind. And it just reinforced what I wanted out of backgrounds. All right. Well, oh, yeah, one other thing. And now for something totally different, something that I don't normally do. I have an unboxing. Yep, got this box that came in the mail today. was actually expecting it tomorrow, but I've got this 12 by 12 and a quarter by about four and a half inch high box. And it said it came from Virginia. So I'm gonna got my knife here and I'm gonna cut it because it's got plenty of tape around it. And there we go, cut this right here. Alright. And put away the knife so I don't injure myself. Oh wait a minute, there's another piece of tape here. What in the world? 
keep the insides of the box nice and neat. And we got some packing paper here. Alright. And pull this out. Nicely wrapped up some other paper. And lo and behold, I have in my hands from Mayfair Games Silverton, Game of Colorado Railroading. Thank you, Jason Connolly, for that. Yeah, Jason, I know, had said he had opened it up years ago, but never played it. Didn't think he was going to play it. And I made some offers to him a while back. Um, and, and we, there was nothing really getting anywhere until he happened to see something that I pulled out of my stash and uh, we decided to make a make a deal. So we made a deal and uh, he should be receiving his package here Monday, thereabouts. So he'll have an unboxing for us next week. So he'll tell you all about the fun thing that I've gotten there. This Silverton, very nicely, uh, very nice. I mean, you can tell it's never been used. Nothing's punched out. Oh, I got a whole bunch of stickers I got to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Crap. I forgot. This is one. Mayfair love games to assemble things. Oh. Oh, yeah. I guess I, got, I do have a whole bunch of those little circles in there. Yeah, I remember when this first came out, a good friend of mine had bought it. Uh, he was very big into railroad games. We played... Uh, we didn't do a lot of the 18xx games. Um, which are very economical based. Uh, the ones we preferred were the Empire Builder. Uh, Empire Builder was the first one, then it got renamed to North America Rails, and then was renamed later on back to, or I should say reverted the name back to Empire Builder. Uh, but they made a bunch of other games as well during that time frame that it was North America Rails. They made British Rails. They made Euro Rails. They made Australian Rails. China Rails. Nippon Rails. Um, and somewhere I'm missing... Oh, India Rails, which is one that I had gotten as well. They also had made Lunar Rails, Russia, Russian Rails, and... Just before the company decided, you know, had some financial issues and then got bought out by Asmodee, uh, had been putting the final touches on uh, Martian rails. And I think they had pushed it out, but I'm, I'm not entirely certain at the moment. I think they had, but Lunar Rails and Martian Rails are probably the two games that are the hardest to find out of them with those. But that was the games we like to play. But this one was a, you know, Economic, in a way, um, but there's some randomness to it that allows you to um, change, you know, the pricing changed, uh, depending upon how many units you sold. Um, so you had a lot, you know, if you saw somebody dumping a lot, you know, you knew the price was going to get depressed really quick and then sometimes uh, just do a random roll the change would be such that you know the price got highly depressed so um 
it was a fun game. One of the few that one of our other friends would play occasionally um, actually uh, enjoyed it. And he really did not like sitting down for <laughs> a lot of these games. That was not his cup of tea. Well, I have to thank Jason for his generosity of sending this to me. And hopefully uh, his package will show up nice and safe on Monday and maybe before then. But now i got something to play with in the very near future. got to do a couple things to it. One of the things I'm going to do is there's a selling chart in here. Uh, back it with foam core. And that way I can use a push pin to keep track of things. Because that was one of the things we found out really quick. Uh, trying to keep the chart on there going back and forth with it. That if somebody hit something, you'd knock the markers off. But by having a push pin, then we could push in there and it would go right back in the same hole every time. So you'd have to make multiple holes, so you, you never lost anything. It was a very smart idea on that foam core. Uh, it was one of the few things that I ever saw in you know somebody modify a game with that I really agreed with. And the one chart in here that's that way, I'm going to uh, go through and... Uh, copy it because I don't want to do the original because I'm crazy that way or something but I'll have a copy of it and back it in foam core the other thing that I thought about was actually using what's no, a laminated sheet but on the back of it being a magnetic base what they use for uh, some of the business cards so you make a like a refrigerator magnet of your business card well using a whole sheet of that put that piece of paper on it, stick it on there, and can laminate the top of it, and then I can just use magnets. And magnets should hold as well. Well, that's it for today's show. Tune in again later on, and guess the next thing coming up, probably another musing next week, and if we get enough call-ins, maybe we'll put together a call-in collective and i definitely won't let the call-ins languish like they did last time i don't want to shoot for christmas uh on stuff that came out right around thanksgiving so stay safe keep gaming wear a mask while you're face-to-face -face gaming just enunciate better so they can hear you through the mask speak up later uh -huh.